When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Feldman, and it's time for yet another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, I uh, got a lot of interesting feedback and a lot of questions and discussion from the um, blog and podcast we did yesterday, um, sort of about the long-term management of aquariums, and and, and botanical-style aquariums specifically, and I find that really encouraging and interesting. And it kind of got me to the next sort of um, point I've been trying to make for some period of time that I think you might find interesting, something that we've all probably engaged in before, um, but maybe not looked at it the same way. And as you know, we postulate and we execute some occasionally unorthodox, often you know far outside of the norm aquarium ideas around here. And one of the ideas that we play with, or I've personally played with for a long time, is hardly radical in its departure. You've likely done a version of this hundreds of times during your aquarium hobby career, but it's interesting nonetheless. It's the idea of keeping your aquarium more or less intact while moving on to a new iteration, if you will. In other words, let's say you've got your Southeast Asian cryptocurrency biotope going and uh, you're just kind of over it and you're ready to go to do something different, South America or something or whatever. So rather than just tearing up the entire tank, removing all the plants, the hardscape, the leaves, and the botanicals, the substrate, you opt to remove, say, only the plants and the maybe the, the driftwood or the rocks that you're using from the tank. And you exchange a good quantity of the water. Whoa, I know that's crazy. You're a fucking rebel, right? No, no, no. This isn't exactly earth-shattering. On the other hand, the, in the world of a botanical-style aquarium, the idea of leaving the substrate and leaf litter botanical bed intact as you sort of remodel isn't exactly a crazy one. And conceptually, it sort of replicates what occurs in nature, doesn't it? Yeah, think about this for just a second. As we almost continuously discuss here, habitats like flooded forests, meadows, vernal pools, agarape, and swollen streams tend to encompass terrestrial habitats or go through phases where they are terrestrial habitats for a good part of the year. In these wild habitats, the leaves, the branches, the soils, and the other botanical materials remain in place or they're added to by dynamic seasonal processes. So for the most part, the soil, the branches, and a fair amount of the more durable seed pods and such remain present during both phases. The formerly terrestrial physical environment is now transformed into this earthy, twisted, incredibly rich aquatic habitat, which fishes have evolved over eons to live in and utilize for food, protection, and complex protected spawning areas. All of the botanical materials, shrubs, grasses, fallen leaves, branches, seed pods, and stuff is suddenly submerged. Often uh, currents will redistribute this stuff into little pockets and stands, affecting the sort of the topography of the underwater landscape. We've talked about this a gajillion times here. Leaves start to accumulate, detritus settles out, soils dissolve their chemical constituents, you know, the tannins, the humic acids and such, into the water, enriching it further. And fungi and microorganisms begin to feed on and break down the materials. Biofilms form, crustaceans multiply, fishes are able to find new food sources, new hiding places, again, new areas to spawn. In short, life flourishes. So, excuse me, 
when you remove much of the hardscape, the plants, etc., from an aquarium as you sort of evolve it into something else, yet you'll leave the substrate, the hardscape, the leaves, etc., intact, you're essentially mimicking this process in a most realistic way. Sure, a makeover of an aquarium can be a seriously disruptive event. On the other hand, if you take the mindset that this is like a transformation of sorts, it becomes more of an evolutionary process. And I know it's like we're dabbling in semantics, but, but hear me out. It's something I've done for many years, like a lot of you have, no doubt. And it does make your life a bit easier. It can create some pretty good outcomes for the fishes that we keep. Um, let's go back to something I've talked about over the last you know, many, many months, the, what I call the urban agapo idea that I've been touting. It's a very deliberate execution of this iterative process. And it's taught me quite a bit about how these habitats function in nature and what kind of benefits they bring into the aquarium. Um, we've talked about the idea of flooding an aquarium setup designed to replicate an Amazonian forest floor before, you know, sort of attempting to simulate, uh, some of the processes which happen seasonally in nature. With the technology, materials, and information available to us today, the capability of creating a true year-round habitat simulation in the confines of an aquarium or a vivarium setup has never been more attainable. It's time to play with this stuff a lot more, and we will talk about that a lot more in 2020, and we'll do a lot more executions on it and have some products available. I know I've been threatening this for a long time, but it's something I'm finally kind of doubling down on, uh, you know, uh, soils and so forth. So, um, Hopefully, we'll get you to the point where when you flood these things, you're getting an effect similar to what happens in the agapo. Sure, the water's going to get cloudy, the water's tinted, turbid, settlement-laden. Eventually, it settles out. If you planted grasses and plants, which are able to tolerate submersion for some period of their life cycle, they'll hang on for a while until the waters recede, just like in nature. This isn't for everybody. It's not your example of an easy, you know, a, a, a easy breezy, crystal clear aquarium. It's a study of a specific environment or a specific environmental process. And I think it's fascinating. And you can go through multiple wet and dry seasonal cycles. I'm doing that right now with the same substrate and perhaps only a slight addition of you know materials like leaves and so forth to replenish those which have broken down. But the result essentially is a continuous aquarium, one which can stay more or less intact over a long period of time and different iterations. So no one said this is, you know, the aquarium hobby in general is easy, but it's not difficult either. As long as you have a basic understanding of the environmental processes and the conditions within your own aquarium and the idea of leaving essential biological components of your aquarium more or less intact for an indefinite period of time is really compelling. Of course, an aquarium which utilizes botanicals as a good part of its hardscape follows a set of phases too. We know this, right? And I found that once a botanical aquarium, blackwater, brackish, or otherwise, hits that sort of stable mode, it's just that. It's stable. You won't see wildly fluctuating you know, pH levels, nitrates, phosphates, etc. To a certain degree, the aquarium has achieved a sort of biological equilibrium. Now, that's one thing that's unique about the botanical style approach. It's that we, attend, you know, we tend to accept the idea of decomposing materials accumulated in our systems. We understand that they act to a certain extent as fuel for the micro and, uh, and macrofauna which reside in the tank. The idea of leaving this material in place over the long term is a crucial component of this approach, in my opinion. As we've discussed like a million times, just like in nature, they'll also form the basis of a surprisingly complex food chain, which includes bacterial biofilms, fungi, minute crustaceans, etc. Each one of these life forms supporting to some extent those above, including our fishes. I've long been one uh, that, you know, to believe that if you decide to uh, let the botanicals remain in your aquarium to break down and decompose completely, that you shouldn't have to change 
you, you know, you shouldn't change course suddenly by just taking everything out all at once, particularly if you're going to sort of a new version of an existing aquarium. Why? Well, I think my theory is sort of steeped in the mindset that you've created this little ecosystem. And if you start removing a significant source of somebody's food or for that matter, their home, there's bound to be a net loss of biosha. And this could lead to a disruption of the very biological processes that we aim to foster. Okay, it's a theory. And we're still talking about some disruption here, but not to the extreme extent of taking everything out, polishing it and starting over again. But I think I might be onto something, maybe. So like, here's my theory in more detail. If you look at your botanical style aquarium, like any aquarium, of course, there's a little microcosm with processes and life forms dependent upon each other for food, shelter, and other aspects of their existence. And I really believe this type of aquarium, because of it relies on botanical materials, is more significantly influenced by the amount of the composition of the said materials, just like in natural systems. If you, if you leave that, uh, if you look at it this way, it makes a lot more sense. The botanical materials are really the base for the little microcosm that we create. And of course, by virtue of the fact that they contain other compounds like tannins, humic substances, lignans, etc., they also serve to influence the water chemistry of the aquarium, the extent to which is dictated by a number of other things, including the starting point of the source water that we use to fill the tank. So in short, I think that the presence of botanical, uh, you know, botanicals in our aquarium is multifaceted, it's highly influential, and of course, it's extreme for the imp uh, importance uh, for the stability, the ecological balance, and the efficiency of the tank as it operates. Okay, I might be like torturing the crap out of this simple idea. I admit at this point, I'm probably not adding much more to this whole recipe other than simply being a little bit redundant and maybe even a bit vague, but I think we need to think about how interesting this simple practice that we probably all do is. And I'll give you the argument that we probably don't have every answer, um, you know, on the processes which govern this stuff. For example, the most common question I get when it comes to taking out a fair amount of stuff but leaving some of it in tank, in the tank intact and continuing the tank is, will it cycle again? You know, will you get an ammonia spike, etc.? And the answer is, wait for it, it could. On the other hand, my personal experience is this. Now, you remember I keep a, a sort of a diary of all my tanks. I have since I was rather young this is decades now and just a random scan you know scanning of my diary I, I see that i've executed this idea this practice dozens and dozens of times in my all types of aquariums in my career you know freshwater planted you know brackish even reef aquariums and not once as in like never have i ever recorded a increase in ammonia nitrate indicative of a new cycle now, this doesn't mean that I guarantee you're going to have this perfect cycle-free process. On the other hand, by leaving the bulk of the substrate material intact where a lot of the biological activity takes place and continuing to provide fuel for the extant biosha that reside there by leaving in and adding to the botanicals present in the aquarium, this makes a lot of sense, right? Now, sure, I also have a place, a mindset, and a husbandry practices that assure success with continuous aquariums. I'm a fanatical observer of my aquariums, particularly the botanical style ones I run, which is, oh, all of them. <laughs> and I do the same things over and over and over again, specifically weekly small water changes. I don't overcrowd my tanks. I don't add a ton of fishes at one time. I don't overfeed my fishes. I don't add large batches of botanicals at one time to remodeled or existing aquariums. I'm annoyingly patient and redundant, I know. I don't freak out over things taking a long time to happen. I embrace detritus at least the kind that's caused by mineralization or breakdown of botanical materials, not by uneaten food, as fuel for the biological operating system, not something that we should be horrified of and afraid of. And like many of you, I don't see a need to rush to some version of finished. Personally, I don't think that the botanical style aquariums are ever finished. 
Uh, they simply continue to evolve over extended periods of time, just like the wild habitats that we replicate in our tanks do. And the botanicals in the aquarium, well, they keep breaking down, enriching the habitat. They'll form the basis of that food chain, which includes all the things we've talked about before, bacteria, biofilms, fungi, etc. Each one of these, you know, supporting to some extent the life forms below it, including our, or above it, including our fishes. And understanding and facilitating these natural processes into our aquarium is fundamental. Keep that in mind when you iterate one. If you're months into a tank and simply don't like the look or performance or whatever, you can easily change it. It's kind of like catching a continuously running commuter train or subway line, right? You'd, part of the beauty is that you can just pick up where you are and ride it out for a while and change the routing as you desire. Started out your tank as an Amazonian habitat, but you're suddenly enamored with a more Asian look? Keep the operating system intact, but change out some elements. Super easy, right? It is if you let it be that way. This evolution as we call it. Evolution is not only fun to watch, it's a lot of fun to manage as well, and more fun to have the option to do either. Our aquariums can operate continuously for indefinite periods of time if we allow them to do so. It's a compelling, fascinating idea and a process, and it involves all the things that we talked about before. Enjoy it. Stay patient. Stay diligent. Stay resourceful. Stay observant. Stay engaged. And always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman. Thanks so much for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.